Welcome back to El Police Radio. I'm your host, Alpha Mike. Mike Sierra here. Thank you for coming back, guys. And we're excited about today's show. Today, we're going to feature the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, and they're going to come on our show, and they're going to speak to us about their great need for deputies in their agency. You know, Los Angeles Sheriff's Department, one of the largest sheriff's department in the nation. And I can only assume that their need for deputies is outrageous. What do you think? Yeah, um, especially with all the crap these fake news are, are reporting out there about our law enforcement officers that are working day and night to keep our city uh, streets safe. Um, I know they're, higher, they, they're in, in need of very, 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 very a lot of help. What? The numbers are going down. Yeah, I forgot about the fake news. The Bolshevik communist on the other side. They like to make things up. So we're going to feature the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office, and they're going to come on their recruitment section, recruitment and processing, I believe it is, and they're going to talk to us about uh, what it entitles and entails to actually be become a deputy for the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And, and you know, one interesting segment is... Is it the same process for a civilian than it is for somebody that's in the military? Who knows? It's a good question to ask, though. And and we're, we're going to look at that as as well. Well, I know I could I, I could answer that going through uh, orientation for Miami Dade uh, Police Department a few years ago. Um, not every department does the same things for veterans and civilians. I know for Miami-Dade County, they separated veterans and, and civilians. Uh, veterans got their own orientation class. I know veterans get uh, vet preference points, which in South Florida, I believe, is about 15 points added on to whatever test scores you're going through. Right. Um, but like you say yourself, Al, um, not, not every department or agency is the same, but I would like to see a whole lot more agencies be a lot more uh, veteran-friendly, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, it is a good idea to separate, I think, the two, because then you can really highlight your veterans that you want to bring in. And uh, I'm sure that Los Angeles, being a, a big agency, might have some, a similar process. But there's a great need for law enforcement. There's a lot of people that don't want to become law enforcement uh, officers or deputies any longer because of what they see on TV. The hate me crowd, the haters are out there. And I'm sure that has a lot of peer pressure uh, from family members. Don't get into law enforcement. You don't know what you're doing. But what I can tell you is a very good career, and you can have a retirement. You just got to, uh, you know, go through the storm and, and do 25, 20, 25, 30 years. If you can do that, listen, you'll be sitting pretty. You'll be sitting pretty. No, man, I've, I've, I'm a big philosopher. I don't know if you caught wind of that, but I've, I like to look at history a lot, too. And uh, people reuse that phrase that history repeats itself a lot. Mm. But all you have to do is look around you. I, I'm not going to say turn on the news because a lot of news media outlets there are, are biased. Uh, just look around you and you'll see it yourself. And, you know... America versus its police officers well, it wasn't too long ago during all the racist, all the racism crap that was going on many years ago in the, in the West Coast. 
and the East Coast too. And right. I, I look at these times now about America turning its back on its police officers and you know American citizens not respecting the flag or the national anthem and taking a knee and whatever. And you know that's all in your God will given right. You know, and, and that's why this country is so freaking great. And don't you ever forget that. But I look at how America is treating its police officers now, and I'm like, I'm saddened by it because it's like, man, this is exactly the same way not too freaking long ago that they were treating their own Vietnam veterans coming back from that war. Yeah. And it just turned, they just turned their back, you know. And like how we said a few shows ago, you know, you can't let a few rotten apples destroy your whole image on law enforcement or the military or that P word that, that Al likes to spit out a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We we got to take care. This is our country. You know, we can only make so many excuses. You know, you can only play the blame game for so long. You know, if you're tired of seeing injustice and all the other nonsense, then stand up. What, what are you going to do taking a knee? Nothing. Stand up and do something about it. Well, I have pride in your country. I, I do want to say the, the, mm-hmm. the bad word today. Again, if you have children in the room, we ask you to cover their ears. Makes my ears bleed. It's horrible. But we're, I, I want to get in. I want to dive into... Politics. Oh, no. And the reason I want to dive into it is politics is all over law enforcement. And, you know, we we just discussed the issue with the knee and, and, and so forth. But to focus a little bit better and why people are hating on police, it is the far left. Okay? So... You're so left, you've gone around and uh, almost in a 180-degree turn, and you're starting to hate the country. There's a difference between hate and love. There's those that love the country, they nurture the country, they lift it up. And those that hate the country, no, they hate themselves. They're bitter. Their heart is full of bitterness and they're out there, so they might have had a bad experience with law enforcement. <laughs> a lot of people have bad experiences with law enforcement. You know, they stop in and give you a speeding ticket. That's not a good experience. Oh, you have mothers out there. What do they tell kids? Keep it up. You're acting bad. I'm going to call the police. They're going to take you away. So it's been embedded in our society that police are bad. And, of course, with today's technology, you can see something, quickly get your smartphone, boom, within minutes, YouTube, a million hits, and it's featured on nightly news, and of course, from what you fed them with your phone, they're going to take about five seconds of that, and they're going to make the police officer a murderer, a a bad person. So I, I think it's the far left that they're so far gone they hate this country so much, and they're trying to erode the very existence of American society. And we are a nation of laws, and the only way to kill or to chop away at that fabric is to chop away at law enforcement. Listen to me and listen to me closely. There's a segment out there of political individuals that are so far left, as I said, you're going to hear this in the future. It was part of the past administration's philosophy and the timer 
went off and it was time for them to leave. But they wanted to do a national police force. What? Are you freaking kidding? National police force is a one flavor ice cream. Doesn't work. Okay. You're, you're powerful in your local community, empowering your police, not having a national voice to tell you what to do locally. Okay, so if when you hear those things, remember this always. It's easier to do away with one entity than it is to do away with over 18,000 entities. That's how many law enforcement agencies exist in America. So our far-left friends will always come up with that, let's should have a national police force so we can have everybody on the same uh, foot. Now, everybody is on the same foot. There's just a different flavor of ice cream. Yeah, ask... uh Ask Germany when, when the Nazis did a national police how well that worked out for them. Yeah. yeah. And where, where are we going with all this, guys? It's, we need law enforcement more than ever. We need more officers patrolling the streets. You know, we need more officers in roll call. Because why? Because the streets are becoming more and more dangerous. And those of you that are trying to live their normal American lives with our families, you know, it, it's only going to take that one retard out there and then the whole, the whole world goes crazy. And you're going to run into somebody like me, and you're going to get your damn head blown off. And then your, your family's asking why. Well, why? Because you got these retards out there acting like damn fools out in public. You know, let's first act like humans and then become great Americans. And I'll tell you one thing. When I was a kid grow, growing up in New York City, the officer that was patrolling the beat or walking the beat, you knew who he was. He knew who you were. If you were out of step, he knew you were out of step. And we kind of lost that. And for a lot of reasons, a lot of I think the mentality behind that is, oh, if you don't see this, if you don't see the police around your neighborhood, you must live in a really good neighborhood. You know, the police only go to the bad neighborhoods. And I see that the other way around, man. If you don't see a police vehicle patrolling around your neighborhood, something's up because then... Somebody breaks into your home and does a home, home invasion robbery. What's going to happen now? You're not going to know what's going to happen. But what's, what's the reason behind that? You know, they're, they're so unmanned. It's not like before, like you said, Al, that they're able to walk the streets. They had all these enough officers out there patrolling. Now, you're lucky if you have two or three uh, patrol cars out in your little division. Yeah, and, and, and you have a lot of police administrators saying, well, policing is different um, from rural areas and as well as cities and so forth. And, and that is true, but it doesn't take away the community policing theory, which means that the officer um, could go to the local shopping center, supermarket, and hang out and meet the people there. I mean, usually... As far as I'm concerned, the people that go to the local supermarket live in the community. So there's a lot of ways to go out and communicate, and, and, and a lot of it is a budgetary issue that these agencies are stretched thin. They've got uh, officers and deputies stretched to the max, so there's not a lot of downtime to do all these things. But I would love to see those things come back. Now, getting back to the original subject, the great need of the Los Angeles Police Department to hire 
and, and recruit good people. They are difficult to find, believe it or not. Agencies have standards when it comes to um, how many tickets you can have, um, what your background may have that may disqualify you. All those things are factors. And the process can be more complicated for one person than it is for another. So understanding that, it's a great responsibility. You're given tremendous amount of power, and that local government or, or that police agency has to make sure that they're hiring the right person. So therefore, it's a process. I can tell you one thing, and I can assure you of this. In my career, boy, did I meet people and that I see people that everybody would say, how in the hell did they get in here? So it happens. They come through the cracks. <laughs> I know you're listening. You can crack up. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. They're out there. They're in every agency, but they're there. So the agency really wants to make sure that they're hiring the right person. Okay, we're coming uh, closer to the time to have our guest on. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not sure if uh, our guest from Los Angeles Sheriff's Office has ever done radio before or, or been interviewed, but I'm sure that the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office has the right guy. So we're looking forward to it. Well, excited, very excited. I'm ready. I'm fired up. I'm looking up. Spit this knowledge on me right and now. And let's get him on. Let's Sheriff's Department is here, and they're going to discuss with us the great need that they have for new recruits to join the ranks, to become deputies, to have a fulfilling career. And we're looking forward. You know, a lot of agencies are suffering through the same thing. The, the, the rank and file is diminishing because people are retiring. Why is that? You might ask, well, late 80s, early 90s, there was a lot of money in the economy. So a lot of agencies hired a lot of people. And guess what? It's time now to leave. And now these agencies are struggling to get back, uh, get uh, officers, deputies into the ranks. So I'm looking forward to this show. And without any further ado, I'm going to bring on our guest, Deputy Zunega of the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. Welcome. Welcome, sir. Thank you so much for having me, Deputy Jesse Zuniga with LA County Sheriff's Department. Nice to be here. It's nice to have you uh, with us. Can you just, uh, real quick, uh, tell the audience who you are? All right, my name is uh, Deputy Zuniga. I've uh, been with the LA County Sheriff's Department for about 13 years now. Um, I started back around 2004, uh, the end of 2004, uh, when I came on as a corrections officer, a, a custody assistant, what we call them here at LASD. And I did that for about a year and a half or so, and then I promoted. I had to go through a whole other academy, and then I promoted to deputy sheriff. Um, so I've been with the uh, LA County Sheriff's Department, uh, like I said, almost 13 years now, and I loved every minute of it. I've uh, worked the jails up at Wayside over there by Magic Mountain in Valencia, Cinquestaic. I worked there for a few years, then I hit the streets, I uh, patrolled uh, East LA. 
I patrol the city of Lakewood and Hawaiian Gardens, Artesia, Bellflower, and I spend my last few years patrolling the city of Paramount. That's uh, just east of Compton and just north of Long Beach. So I have a pretty cool career. Now I'm with the LA County uh, Sheriff's Department Recruitment Unit, where all I do is uh, I recruit, trying to get as many qualified people to join our ranks. And that, and that must be a tough job, isn't it? Man, I think that, that it's actually a challenge for all law enforcement agencies right now because, as you know, the media and everything else has been portraying law enforcement in a certain light, and not as many people as before are, you know, rushing through the door trying to become peace officers. So it is a real struggle we've been seeing. Definitely. I bet. But before we start, we have a segment that we do, and it's called the Fantastic Five. And we're just going to shoot five rapid questions to you. And you just give <laughs> us right. the best answer off the top of your head. Well, reason oh, man. This, we All want right. our audience to know that the person that we're interviewing is a real person. Okay. Oh, that I am. I guarantee you. <laughs> you guaranteed. Okay. I guarantee Here we go. Question number one. Your favorite sports team? You know what? I've been a Lakers fan forever, forever and ever. I remember uh, I went to Dennis Rodman's first game. I went to Kobe's first game. And so, yeah, I'm one of those Laker guys. <laughs> okay. Favorite superhero? Favorite superhero? Um, let's see here. I've always been a fan of uh, Wolverine. Something about his raw aggression. So Hugh Jackman, uh, amazing. Logan and all those movies. Yeah, love the whole X Men franchise. But Wolverine, good something answer. about you him and his You don't hear Wolverine too much. That's a good answer. <laughs> good. I'm glad. All right. Um, favorite color. Um, I've always liked black. For some reason, all my cars I've bought have been black, and I like wearing uh, black shirts for some reason. I don't know. I just like black. Black and red, but black for some reason. Okay. I feel like Al is asking you out on a date or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a dating game. Favorite breakfast oh, cereal? Um, you know, I've always loved uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, but I get the organic version, so it's not from General Mills. I get the, uh, it's like the, the off-brand, I guess you can call it, but it's organic type, but the whole Honey Nut Oats kind of thing, love it. And the last one, favorite type of music? Um, well, let's see. I grew up with rap. I'm not going to lie. I grew up in uh, the Compton, Linwood area, and uh, that's all you would hear everywhere. And uh, so I got into that. Obviously, I never followed the lifestyle that it portrays, but something about the poetic, uh, rhythmic uh, type of music I like. Oh, okay, well, at least you're honest, and that's what's important. And um, Of course. Yeah, that's, that's important. And, um, you know, you have to have an appreciation for everything in life, especially all different types of music. So that, that's interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Deputy, we're looking at a situation where the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department is really in need of recruits. What's the current need for the agency? Well, right now we have an excess of uh, 700 vacancies for deputy sheriffs with the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Obviously, we know that number fluctuates up and down. I don't really want to give you a hardcore concrete number. Right. Just know we do have an excess of 700 vacancies for our department at the moment. Now, those 700, uh, are they uh, in patrol or in corrections? 
Oh, that's all over. Keep in mind, the LA County Sheriff's Department, since we are the largest in the nation, we control the jails, the courts, patrol, we do all sorts of things. So we have vacancies at every level. Um, but uh, we're, you know, slowly reaching our numbers as far as custody. But we want to continue to, um, we're, I, I'm, I don't want to say we want to have an excess of deputies because uh, that's not going to be happening. We want to just make sure that all of our levels are to the point where they're so adequate that um, we know that um, everybody could be uh, working without having to, uh, what's the word? Mm, I don't exactly know what direction I'm heading with this. I'm just trying to say that. Um, with those 700 vacancies, we just want to make sure we fill as many as we can because attrition is also really high. Well, Due to, okay. like you said earlier, the, the high, the high uh, uh, rate of employment that we had several years ago during that push. And like you said, many people are retiring. Yeah, the, the retirement's the big issue. If like, um, you, you might have an academy of, let's say, 50 people, and from those 50 that get new hired, by the time they get ready to go to their deployment, 25 have already retired out of the agency. So the numbers oh, fluctuate, yeah. and that's that's why you have to have fluency in the amount of uh, individuals that you need. Absolutely. Um, we're like we're going to be hiring for many, many years to come, and uh, I don't see that changing at any point in time. Um, so being the largest uh, sheriff's department in the nation means that we also have a large amount of people who retire. And yeah, people going through the academy, um, our classes average, you know, we have several uh, uh, numbers of people that go through our academy. Uh, but can also keep in mind that we train several people from uh, police departments. They send their cadets or recruits to come train with us. Mm-hmm. So they train with LASD. We train several agencies. And... Um, and they come out of our academy with the best training I want to say there is in the nation. They go out there and do their job. But our deputy sheriffs, uh, like you said, people are going through the academy, but several people are also retiring. So it's a battle that we're going to be having for many years to come. Got it. Uh, now, let's say I'm an applicant and you know, I'm thinking about applying and I'm listening to the show. What should I know before I, I actually go through the process? Um, you know, I want people to realize that... Um, LASD, we know that people are not perfect. I mean, we realize that as humans, you know, we all make mistakes. Our applicants, they need to know that being upfront and honest is like the only way to proceed in this process. Uh, We're going to hear your life story. And hopefully our applicants, you know, they've shown maturity and personal growth throughout their lives. So, you know, we will really want them to know that, that we're not looking for that perfect individual who's never made a mistake and everything about them is squeaky clean. We know that's that's those expectations are out of reach many times. We understand that. And like I said, we've all made mistakes. As long as people are honest, that's that's what we need. We need honest people who have shown maturity. Because you could have done something, you know, bad, you know, five, six, seven, ten years ago when you were a kid or something. And you're thinking, oh, but I messed up. And, you know, but ever since then, I've been going to college. I got my associate's degree or my bachelor's degree or, you know, I've done a lot of good in my life. Well, you know what? That shows me maturity and personal growth. So that, that alone is going to help you. So I want people to know we're not looking for that perfect person because we know those perfect people don't exist. Right. Yeah. Now, Deputy, um, let's, I'm a U.S. veteran listening to the show. Uh, what is the process for you guys, for veterans, to get hired through the Sheriff's Department? It's, it's 
essentially the same uh, for anybody. Uh, I will say that we, we love having our military personnel. A large percentage of our department is military. Um, so we ask that when you're about six months to ETS, more or less about six months, you contact our uh, sworn exams unit or you could apply online, either or. So you could, so you could apply online at www.lasdcareers.org. And uh, from there, you could also contact our sworn exams unit. Because our sworn exams unit is going to take into consideration the fact that you are currently deployed or, or if you're stationed out of state, which uh, could help you enroll in the out-of-state process, which will expedite um, we'll pretty much condense the hiring process because we know that not everybody, especially in the military, you can't just leave base and come to uh, to one of our uh, locations to meet your background investigator, you know, on random days and times when we ask you to come because you have duties to, to accomplish. We understand that. So um, we'll work with you. But just I'm going to throw the number out there just so you know, in case you're a military and you want to come out, you could contact 1-800-A-DEPUTY speak to a recruiter and we'll guide you along the path. But if you already decided I'm going to apply right now at LAZCareers.org and I want the sworn exams unit to guide me to my next step because I am military, you could contact them at area code 323-981-5800. So you could contact them and call the sworn exams unit to let them know I'm a military, uh, I'm a current active military personnel and I want to join the department. What's my next step? They will guide you. The people out there at sworn exams unit, awesome people. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Now, um, everything that uh, the numbers that the deputy stated, uh, we'll go ahead and post on our website, www.lpoliceradio.com so you can follow the links there. Now, I'm sure the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department has an expectation of who these recruits are going to, uh, the guidelines they're going to have to follow. What, what are the expectations of the agency towards these uh, recruits? Well, uh, we expect all of our recruits to like, demonstrate uh, maturity and respect. So they need to have a genuine drive to perform their duties. You know, we want them to realize that their training in the academy is going to shape the way they work uh, throughout their career. So they need to grasp onto everything that is taught during training. Because RDIs, our drill instructors in the academy, are well-versed in not only policy and law, but in life experience. Many of them are former military as well. And uh, our, our academy is paramilitary. So uh, it, it is a very intense, high-stress academy. There's some departments that have gone the low-stress academy route, and uh, LASD is high-stress academy. We want you to be able to function in a high-stress environment because out on the streets and out, you know, when you're out there performing your job, even in the jails, you can't be lax. You can't be lackadaisy. No, you have to be right. able to work under high-stress environments, and uh, that's where our academy trains you for. So that's our expectations of recruits, being able to uh, operate in high-stress situations, but don't worry. We will teach you how to operate in those high-stress environments. That's what we'll do for you. Yeah, the, the stress of an academy is very important because it's going to formulate who that deputy will turn into when they hit the streets. So uh, I, you're absolutely right. There are some agencies that have no stress academies, and uh, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, but each agency has their own guidelines. Exactly. To each his own, right? Right. <laughs> Uh, how long is the process from, let's say, the, the time I start my 
application process to I get sworn in as deputy? Um, that varies from person to person, obviously, but our average hiring process takes between about six to eight months. Um, everybody needs to be patient about it, uh, but they need to be consistent with turning in all their paperwork. That's what's going to expedite your hiring. So sometimes uh, we have individuals who have a great background, and we're going, this guy's a stud, or this girl's a, you know, amazing. These people are going to get on in no time, or so you think. But when I ask you to bring, you know, a notarized waiver, when I ask you to bring me a printout of your credit score, when I ask you to bring, you know, your autobiography, and you're lagging it, well, it's unfortunate that you're lagging it because, you know, I'm, I'm averaging hundreds of applications a week, and from those, I mean, I'm putting people in order, you know, depending on, you know, how quickly they're turning in all their paperwork. So it's unfortunate that some people who are well qualified sometimes do lag it. And we have, you know, these stacks and stacks of files from different people, and your stack is going on the bottom now because you decided that, you know, you're going to take your time in turning in your paperwork. That's one thing. If you can help us out by turning in all your paperwork on time, your autobiography, your all the printouts we're asking you for, your college and your high school, your high school diplomas and uh, everything that we ask you for, if you could bring that in as soon as you're told to do so, I'm telling you, your process is going to be uh, a lot quicker than if you lag it. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I specifically asked that question because uh, we are dealing with the civilian world, and a lot of civilians are used to applying for a job and getting an answer um, in, uh, in a couple of weeks and basically working within a couple of weeks. Where oh, yeah. here, they're going to sit and wait because that's every agency, because they need to oh, yeah. know who you are. Absolutely. Look, a background investigation is not going to take a week or two. It's going to take several months. Yeah. So when I, you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes I'm in the whole law enforcement mindset, having done this for so many years, that sometimes I forget. Well, civilian mindset is, hey, I turned this application last week. Why haven't I heard anything? I should know the answer now. When in reality, it's going to take months, and, and something that our applicants need to also exercise is patience. Because understand that our background investigators are tasked with an, uh, 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 an amazing responsibility. You're essentially choosing who the next defenders of society are going to be. You're, you're deciding the fate of millions of uh, residents in uh, Los Angeles County, uh, you know, as far as LASD is concerned. So they take their job really seriously. So they're going to do a thorough background check on you. That's not going to take place within a day or two. Believe it. Believe it. But they, they are getting really, really quick with the way they do their backgrounds. So some people get on in, in a shorter time than six months. Um, I'm a perfect example. It took me just over four months to get on. And, uh, you know, that happens to some people, you know, depending on how your background is and, and uh, how well uh, you matured over the years. So just, just know that it varies from person to person. And I want to add this. Um my last assignment in law enforcement, I was assigned to the Miami-Dade Public Safety Training Institute, which is the academy at Miami-Dade, as a TA. And one of the things that recruits were told over and over, and they just didn't get it, and when they became recruits, they were writing tremendous amounts of memos, was the social media, and their Facebook, oh, and their Instagrams, and all of a sudden, they might have gotten through the cracks, and now they're a recruit, and it comes from headquarters, uh, have recruit so-and-so fill out mm -hmm. an explanation as to this or that. So Absolutely. if you're listening, keep that in mind, too. 
And uh, yep, social media is a big killer to a lot of people. And that's the thing. Social media, everybody needs to understand that what you put out there, you do not know who's seeing that. You can think your account is private, but somebody within your circle that you would least suspect could take a screenshot, could uh, copy yeah. something, print something, show somebody that you did not intend to see what you posted, and they actually see it, and now all of a sudden you're in a heap of trouble. You need to be careful with what you post out there. Understand that um, your personal life should essentially be kept personal. Your thoughts and feelings and emotions shouldn't really be put out there because uh, when the whole world sees what you're thinking, uh, sometimes certain people in this world that you don't want to have known what it is that you're thinking will find out. And before you know it, you having to explain yourself to somebody you never thought you'd have to explain yourself to. Just be extra careful with what you guys post out there on social media. Absolutely. Good point. Yeah. So my, my last question is, if, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a deputy with the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. What benefits would I be looking at? Well, those are way too many to mention. Well, the most obvious is the fact that LAZ is the nation's largest sheriff's department, right? We provide services to millions of residents. We cover over 4,000 square miles. Uh, let's see, we operate the world's largest uh, jail system, right? We hold the combined inmate population of about 24,000. Yeah. Um, the LASD provides law enforcement uh, services. You know, actually, I had a little card here that I had a little uh, card here just with a couple little facts saying that. We provide law enforcement to 10 community colleges, over 177 county parks, golf courses, special event venues, two major lakes, 16 hospitals, and over 300 county facilities. So, yeah, if you want to talk about opportunities, yeah, we have them. Valley is the, um, oh, yeah, as of now, Lord, you have, if you are a deputy sheriff, we have over 350 different jobs you can enjoy. And that's something that really no other agency that I know of could really offer. 350 different job uh, courses, different paths you can take. So as a deputy sheriff, if you give us two years out on patrol, uh, so many doors open out to you. Once you've been two months off of training and you're out on patrol, you could apply to so many different things. You want to be a detective for special victims. You want to be a field training officer. You want to be a, you could promote to all sorts of cool things. And, and seeing as how we are the nation's largest, you have a lot of opportunities. So, I don't think there's really any other agency that can provide what we have. But in all honesty, I think the most important benefit that we have is the fact that you'll be working in a county as opposed to a city. So your your horizon is basically it's unlimited. We have a career path that you can uh, choose to participate in that's not going to be limited to one city. It's the entire county. And there's hundreds of cities within the county of Los Angeles, over 100, where you'll be able to uh, go pretty much without having to feel like, oh, there's a border here, I need to stop. No, you are the county of Los Angeles. And it's pretty amazing when you think about how big the county is. But um, the most important benefit is you'll be having a lifelong you know, career where uh, you have the chance to truly make a positive change in people's lives. But I don't see any other better place to do that than in the county of Los Angeles. Well, we definitely thank you for coming on our show, and I want to extend an invitation to the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. Whenever they want to come on our show, our doors are always open. Sir, really appreciate it, both you and your uh, co-host over there. Really appreciate this opportunity. And one last thing, guys. Anybody that, want to jo that wants to join the nation's largest sheriff's department, make sure you uh, look heavily into Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department at... Uh, 
lasdcareers.org. That's the place to go. And follow us on social media. Uh, a lot of uh, agencies have, you know, their Facebook, their Instagram, and YouTube. Well, so do we, but I think you would really enjoy some of the videos we have out there. We highlight a lot of cool aspects as to uh, what our career can offer you. So if you're thinking about it, search us on YouTube, uh, join LASD, or go on Instagram under uh, LASD Recruitment, or check us out on Facebook. Uh, same thing, join LASD. There's a lot of cool things to see, and I'm pretty sure you'll get a lot of people pumped up and motivated to join law enforcement. Well, we are definitely post a lot of what he said on our website, uh, lpoliceradio.com, and you can follow those links there. Deputy, we thank you again. We want you to be safe and continue um, to have awareness of how important your job is to the community. Absolutely. Appreciate the support, sir. Keep you your guys head be safe, safe man. Keep your head on a swivel. Be safe, brother. Always and forever, sir. Thank you. <laughs> thank Take you. care, guys. a lot of what he said we'll be communicating back and forth with him making sure that the links are accurate and you can pick up that information and subscribe to this podcast at www.lpoliceradio.com lpoliceradio.com and I, I we brought up the point and I just want to close it out a second about social networking or social media when we had the deputy on and I've seen it, uh, you know, people are applicants. They got all kinds of craziness on their yeah, social I think media. they're doing that with uh, all civil service positions now. Cause I know when I was going through the, the ranks up in with the fire departments, it's the same thing. They want all your social media listed in the application. And guess what guys, they are going to your social media and checking out. So you're, if, if you're in there doing, you know, shot after shot after shot, doing bong hits. <laughs> Guess what? You're not going to get the job. Yeah, and, then, and then you turn around and go, no, I don't drink or smoke on my application. And that doesn't mean, oh, man, I need to start deleting pictures. Because guess what? Every, everything digital leaves a trace, guys. So act accordingly out there. Yeah. If you're thinking about a career in law enforcement, you definitely have to act accordingly. That doesn't start from the day you start the academy. That should start very young. Um, even as an adolescent, to do the right thing and act the right way. You don't have to post craziness and, you know, have people look look at me, and, and then all of a sudden I want to be a law enforcement officer. So keep that in mind. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen recruits writing 100-word uh, memos explaining some stupid post on on uh, Facebook or Instagram or what, whatever you have you. So I, I brought that up with Deputy Zunager, um because it is a good point. People yeah, kind people of forget the social media part. Yeah, and they also think, well, you know, I have my <clears throat> freedom of speech rights. I, I, you know, why can't I? Because it's who you're going to represent. You're going to represent the entire community. Yeah, civil service. Not a segment of the community. So you can't uh, offend segments of that community so we 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 made it a point in in our interview i like um how they're formulated he talked about a bunch of opportunity that they have out there um and 
the different levels of either custody or you can go in. Yeah, you said over patrol. 300, 300, 300 positions, yeah. right? Like that's, that's amazing. 300. Like if if I, I would have to say if if the L.A. Sheriff's Department was a branch of our military government, I would say they're the Marine Corps, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they have a huge budget. It's a huge agency. And, and like he said it himself, that county is huge. It is. People just think of Los Angeles and that's it. It ends out of no folks. <laughs> L.A. County is a, is a very huge county. Yeah, they, they've got everything in there. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in being a deputy for the Los Angeles Sheriff's Office. I know I am. I recommend that you go to their uh, websites and look at the process and dive in. Dive in. And um, I want to take a couple minutes now and have what we call the conversation And it's so important. If you're listening to this podcast and, you know, things have just not been going your way, you're down and out, you're looking for a job, there are other issues in your life, regardless of what they are. I know that there is a creator that can guide you through the process. Now, I'm not judging you in any way in what I'm saying. All I'm telling you in this conversation is that you can take that adversity and you could lay it on the feet of Jesus. It's important. I did it. I did it over 20 years ago through the good-heartedness of a local pastor when I uh, lived in Miami. His name was Ramon Justamante. And this, this gentle man would, would contact me over the phone and, and he befriended me. And I've told the story before, and as a result, I gave my life to Christ. And that carries on in everything that I do. And the reason I have to give this knowledge back and this wisdom back to those that are listening, because the Lord Jesus Christ died for me and for you for our salvation, and I can't be greedy with that knowledge and not spit it out and let everybody know it. So... If you have that adversity and you want it to go away, there is somebody that is faithful and that is walking with you, and he will carry you through whatever you're going through. How do you refine gold? Gold is stuck in a furnace and heated up to high temperatures and burned. And then look how beautiful it becomes. So if you're in the furnace right now, I know who can make you into a perfect gem, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. In the scripture, it basically tells us in Romans 13 that all governance was, is given to us by the Lord himself, and that includes law enforcement. It is a calling not only from your local community, but from the man himself. Entering into that field is a duty that the Lord gives to those that he has selected. So the number one selection process starts with him. Have a good heart. Do the right thing. Turn your life, if you have to turn it, to Christ. And you will walk forward with man, nothing but blessings in your life. I know it's true. You know, is the road narrow? Sure it is. It's not wide. No, the, the wide road is for those that are 
losing their soul. But enough preaching. I don't want to turn you off. I want to keep you uplifted, motivated. I want to keep you looking up and fired up. And I encourage you to come back and listen to our next podcast. Well, that is uplifting and motivating. You know, the word of God, what else do we need? <laughs> it says in the scripture itself, and I know it's above the word of God. And, you know, I'm a combat veteran and we never went out on a mission or a patrol without going through a, the word of God and saying a prayer together because, you know, that's a brotherhood. You know, us as military, brotherhood. Us as police officers, brotherhood, sisterhood. You know, we all... We're all fighting against the same enemy. And guess what? The enemy is not the same. The enemy is all shapes and colors and sizes. But guess what? We're all fighting that good fight and we got to stay on that good side. So if you ever get to that situation in life where you got to ask yourself, I don't know if this is a good idea. It's not a good idea. That's God already speaking to you. So I'm already uplifted, motivated. I know you guys are. Yep. Uh, we look forward to having you next week for our next episode. Keep on listening, folks. Be lifted up. Be looking up. Be fired up. Fired up. Fired up. And continue in the journey. We'll see you next podcast. I'm out. God bless. Semper Fi.